Hey guys, this is Jim. Welcome to the Holmes Politicast. I hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's having a good week this week. I guess the big news is Joe Biden's pick for his vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, sen- senator from California. She ran against him in the primary and uh, really had some strong opinions about him. But, I mean, that isn't the first time this has happened. I know that in 1980, George Bush ran against Ronald Reagan, called his uh, supply-side economics voodoo economics and things, and yet Reagan chose Bush to be his vice president. So it's not the first time that you've had uh, a very – vibrant and, and, and difficult campaign, and then you put your um, armor away and join hands after the convention. So it's not the first time this has happened, but it is interesting. It was an interesting pick. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll help him at all, um, because it's California. He's already got... California's going to vote for the Democrat anyway. So I don't know. We'll have to see how this thing plays out, but that's the big news right now, this week. And it probably will continue to be big news this throughout the rest of the week and the weekend. Um, and into the convention, which I'm sure is exactly the reason why it was planned to be released right now, because it'll give them somewhat of a bump. The media will talk about it for days. Then we'll go into the weekend. Then next week he has his convention. And so it's just a couple of weeks of positive press for the Biden campaign. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any strong feelings for or against. I mean, the, the problems that I've had with Kamala Harris um, are not necessarily the problems that most Republicans would have, and that is that I actually found her to be a little too strong on law and order, which is usually the opposite with Democrats. Usually they're considered too weak on law and order. She was the attorney general of California, and she has a very strong record of prosecuting uh, criminals um, that progressives aren't thrilled with her, although they probably will plug their nose and vote for Biden because the idea of four more years of Trump is so reprehensible to them. But they're upset because she's, you know, her record was incarcerating a lot of black teens. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure the Republicans will use that against her, even though most Republicans don't have a problem with uh, law and order. And most of them wouldn't have a problem with the idea of locking up black teens. It's mostly progressives and libertarians um, who have a problem with that. But, um, that's my major problem with her. I mean, I'm not talking about, I, I don't know her positions on anything. So um, I can't really speak to that. It's mostly the things that I don't like about her are her record as a prosecutor. But we'll see how it goes. Um, the press seems to love her. And already I've just been seeing this glowing press about her. Um, So we'll see how that plays out. Um, It'll be real interesting. 
over the next couple of weeks uh, or not next couple of months. There's only about three months until the election, which doesn't seem like it's that soon. But yeah, it's it's just right around the corner. Um, we're entering the home stretch here. Now we know who the, uh, the candidates are going to be on both sides. Well, we assume I don't see any speculation that Trump is planning to replace Pence as his uh, vice presidential running mate. So, um, so I, I think that all four, we now have it locked in. It'll be Trump, Pence, and Biden, Harris. So we'll see how this plays out. Uh, she she is a tough debater, though. I watched her in the debates. Um, she is a she is a tough debater. Um, so Pence will have to do some practicing. You know, get some of those debating skills ready because. Um, she is a formidable opponent. Uh, I'm not saying that you know she'd mop the floor with him, but I'm just saying if 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 he goes in unprepared, um, it could really it could really look bad bad for him and for Trump because she is like I said she has a lot of experience as a prosecutor talking to a jury and convincing them that uh, that the people on trial are guilty. And so she's going to do that. She's going to prosecute a case and guarantee that's what her job is going to be. Biden will play um, the endearing grandpa figure, you know, with the big smile and the, uh, you know, all shucks kind of attitude. Um, and she's going to play the prosecutor. She's going to prosecute the case against Trump and Pence about the last four years, what they've done wrong, and try to convince the jury, which in this case will be the American voter, that they are guilty. And um, she's pretty good at it. I mean, and I, I just don't want anyone to underestimate them and say, well, you know, they're obviously going to lose. Um, they may lose, but don't underestimate her. She's a formidable opponent. And, uh, let's see. Uh, other news stories here. This one is from the Raw story. Uh I just find it interesting. Um, it really doesn't affect any of us and has really no value. Um, it's just a funny story, I think. Um, is you know, Kanye West has been running this weird presidential campaign. It's so strange. Uh, as we discussed before, I don't get this a lot of talk because he's got a mental illness. And like I said, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm not saying that to be witty or clever. I mean, he's admitted this. And so I don't take it really that seriously. And it just takes away from the attention of the real campaign between Trump and Biden, which I think, you know, is an important one. But, you know, it's weird because he keeps going back and forth. He's vacillating back and forth. One day he says he's out, he's done with the campaign and he'll, you know, he's basically dropping out, I guess. And then a couple days later, I hear that he's doing a campaign rally. He did one in South Carolina one day in which, you know, it was, it, it was actually kind of sad. You know, he talked about how he and his wife considered aborting their child and how horrible he felt it was. And, 
and and just the guilt about even considering it, and it was it was really kind of sad. I mean, almost in a pathetic sad. I mean, you're watching this guy melt down. Um, but he did this rally, and he's trying to get on the petitions, and he's got petitions to get on the ballot, and he he's not eligible here in Michigan. He missed the deadline, and these very thing various things, and so. He's turning in these ballots, and some of them look like they're in the same handwriting. The different people and their uh, addresses are sketchy and things. And anyway, in, in Wisconsin, he put in the, the ballots, and he has somebody listed as Mickey Mouse on his, uh, his petition. And so the headline reads, Kanye West's lawyer demands the Democrats prove Mickey Mouse didn't really sign his ballot petition in Wisconsin. And I just, I just find it hilarious. Um, uh, just, you know, I don't know. I just, I just find it hilarious that, you know, he's almost trolling in the same way that Trump used to do, you know, doing something outrageous, like putting Mickey Mouse on there and then saying, I don't have to prove to you that Mickey Mouse signed my ballot. You have to prove that he didn't. And um, here it says, on Tuesday, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that Michael Curran, an attorney for rapper Kanye West's independent presidential campaign, is demanding Democrats prove their assertion that Mickey Mouse didn't really sign West's petition to qualify him for the ballot. Curran dismissed most of the other technical challenges as misguided and ill-informed, including the claims that the nomination papers included obviously fake names such as Mickey Mouse and Bernie Sanders, reported Daniel Bice. He said the complaint must prove these are fraudulent signatures. Um... Kanye West, who is running under a self-created political entity he calls the Birthday Party, has filed to run in a number of states, aided by Republican election strategists, who appear to hope he will pull votes from former Vice President Joe Biden. His bids to get on the New Jersey and Illinois ballots failed due to irregularities with the petition signatures, and his campaign is accused of similar problems in the Wisconsin filing. In addition to fake names, the challenge alleges that West's signature gatherers lied to at least six people about where what they were signing and filed the paperwork just after the deadline. Curran denies anything improper in West's petition process. Um, yeah, um, that is probably a story into itself. I recently... Um, came to somebody's attention, I'm not even really sure who, but it came to someone's attention that um, there were Republican operatives who worked for the Trump campaign who are helping him get on the ballots in these states. And there are questions, rightfully so, there are questions about whether um, whether this is all something that the Trump campaign has pushed Kanye West to do to divide the black vote, hoping that 
blacks will then just leave the Democratic Party and vote for Kanye West, which if that is true, uh, that raises a couple of issues. Um, number one, the idea that black people are monoliths and that they're all just going to vote for a person because he's black really is not a good... Uh, it's not a good, a good thing to think. I mean, you know, um, it's not a good look for the Trump campaign if they think that black people are so dumb and so uneducated and so uninformed that they're just going to see a black person and say, oh, he looks like me. I'm going to vote for him. Um, and if that's the case, it's not working because I've not seen any, any black people leaving Joe Biden and saying, oh, look, there's a black guy. Number two, it raises the question of whether or not they're manipulating a mentally ill person and, and promoting him, knowing that he's got this mental illness and that he's going to go along with it. That's not a good look either. And number three, if the Trump campaign is behind this, then it really looks as if the Trump campaign is worried about Joe Biden, so worried that they have to try, I don't know if cheat would be the right word, but they have to try to pull some shenanigans in order to win. I mean, that's, you know, if they're doing as well as their polls are showing, they shouldn't need to do any stunts to get reelected. They should just continue what they're doing and, and let the people decide. So, I'm not sure, and that, that question hasn't really been adequately answered. I, I know that there are some newspapers who have tried to talk to these elector, or these uh, Republican operatives and they won't talk to the press. There's been some people who have been trying to get to the bottom of it. Who's involved? How did, how did Kanye West find these people? Like, did they volunteer to work with him? You know, things like this. So, uh, but it, it's just, the whole thing is just, rather odd to me uh, why this is going on, why he's running, why, you know, um, is it just because of his disease or, you know, are people pushing him to do this? Is this part of the Kardashians, um, you know, a plot for their TV show, you know, for the next season, you know, the behind, you know, this whole thing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have. This doesn't seem natural. It doesn't seem real. It doesn't really seem like very many people are taking this seriously. So, and I don't understand if it's, if it's not as mental illness, I don't understand what they think they're going to accomplish because Kanye West has endorsed Donald Trump for reelection and he spouts a lot of Donald Trump's ideas. So I don't know what, who he thinks he's going to pull away and who does he think he's running against? I mean, if, if it's legitimate, yeah, he's running against Biden, but he would end up if is, if he's so aligned with the views of Donald Trump, what he would end up doing is pulling voters away from Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. So he would actually, it would actually backfire and split the Trump votes and give Biden a plurality. So I, I don't know what is going on here? It doesn't make any sense. 
and I, you know, I know the Trump campaign officials can't be that naive and ignorant to think that if they did this, it would somehow hurt Biden. So I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock into the idea, as I, you know, as I said. I mean, you know, that the Trump campaign is behind this. I just asked. I don't know if they are, and that is what the accusation is. But it doesn't make any sense to me that they would be behind this because, you know, but I don't know what is going on. <laughs> I, I really don't know um, why this is continuing. He has no shot. He can't get on the ballot in most states. He's making up stuff. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what is happening. You know, is this just a mental illness and that, we live in a society where we don't want to offend anybody, so no one has the guts, you know, to tell him you need to stop, you need to take your meds, or, you know, like I said, is this part of the reality TV show that we're just living out, and you know, we'll find out next season what of the Kardashians what uh, what was going on, you know, I don't know. I just think the whole thing is just very, very weird. Um, and so I don't spend a lot of time talking about it. This is probably the most I will talk about it at all. I just, I just thought that was kind of funny about the Mickey Mouse thing, though. I, you know, you know, you you prove that Mickey Mouse didn't sign it. That I just think that's hilarious. Um, but um, anyway, MSN News from the Lansing State Journal has. This, um, and I think you might have seen this on Facebook, um, my friend Tom has been putting a lot of these articles on Facebook, so definitely uh, on Facebook and on our website, so definitely check those out. Um, but here it's, uh, Whitmer vetoes bill to expand immunity from medical lawsuits. So... Governor Whitmer vetoed the Republican-sponsored legislation that would have given additional health providers and facilities legal protection from lawsuits in any state-declared emergency and have continued the immunity for longer during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Um, uh, the governor said she would have considered signing the bill if only it had attempted to mop up an issue created when the GOP-led legislature refused to lengthen her declared COVID-19 emergency. Um, this legislation was supported by hospitals, doctors, nurses, and nursing homes, but opposed by plaintiff's lawyers. One of the statutes Whitmer has cited to declare the virus emergency includes a provision shielding health providers and hospitals from legal liability except where there is willful or gross negligence. But the immunity is in question because the majority Republican legislatures have not lengthened the state of disaster and in July rescinded an order that granted the immunity. The governor instead has been able to extend the emergency with an older law that allows her to act unilaterally but which does not reference legal protections. Uh, um, 
Okay, the bill sponsor, Republican Senator Michael McDonald of Macomb County, uh, issued a statement that accused Whitmer of deciding, quote, to protect trial lawyers instead of the frontline healthcare workers who are making critical decisions each day to save lives from COVID-19. By vetoing this measure, the governor is just making it harder for medical professions, professionals to do their job, end quote. So um, this is um, a power grab. I mean, it sounds to me like she has keeps extending these orders, but there aren't legal protections. And the Republicans were trying to get some legal protections from these people so that so that if people get sick, they can't sue um, the or because of this, they can't sue unless there was willful um, negligence. So uh, it's, it also sounds like she's trying to protect herself during these, uh, you know, putting all these people in nursing homes. Then they can't be sued if they get the coronavirus because they've all been stuck in these nursing homes uh, and get the virus. So um, she just she. She needs to work with the legislatures, the legislature, and figure this thing out. I mean, it's just it's becoming a, a war between her and the legislature. They are saying she can't just keep this emergency going indefinitely, and she's saying yes, I can. And they're passing legislation to help clean up the mess that she's creating. But now she's vetoing it. So it, this is just, they're going to have, they're going to have to do something. But it seems like the, the, um, the hurdle is with her, though. It doesn't seem like the Republicans are refusing to work with her. It seems like it's the opposite. The Republicans are trying to do something to help. And she's saying, no, we're not going to do that. So this this is just becoming a joke. It needs to. It needs to be. Needs to have an input to it. Um. Let's see here. Another story. This is from MLive. And this is uh, but it's a story out of Ludington, which I found to be somewhat interesting. Uh, a busboy, did I say, yes, from MLive, a busboy who forced Michigan restaurant to close by lying about COVID-19 diagnosis won't be charged. Um, a busboy who forced a Michigan restaurant to shut down for several days after he lied about testing positive for COVID-19 will not be charged. The busboy at Timbers Bar and Grill in Ludington had a friend pose as his dad to tell a manager he had been diagnosed to get the day off. Owner Brad Butterfield said the lie forced the restaurant to close for two days and miss out on thousands of dollars of business and forced all employees to be tested. The employee confessed to the lie, to the lie a day later. You can imagine our frustration having to close down over our second busiest weekend of the year, Butterfield wrote. 
on Facebook on July 12th. We were even more frustrated to find out that this was just a hoax, so an individual could have a day off. Everyone in the industry has had challenges during shutdown. This individual's actions impacted our business, our employees, and we let our guests and we let down our guests that had reservations. Despite the damage, the employee will not be charged, according to the 9 and 10 News, I guess, out of Ludington. The Mason County prosecutor said that while the intent to get time off is clear, it cannot be proven he intended to terrorize or frighten his co-workers, the TV station reported. The Timbers Bar and Grill has since reopened without incident. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think lying about this, he, I, I think he should be prosecuted. He, it, yeah, just because he didn't intend on scaring anybody, he made up a lie that, that his words caused, forced an action. They had to close down for two days and they had to go through the, the expense of testing all the employees. Um, I, I don't think you should just go away scot-free. I, I, just, I just can't imagine that, I mean, I'm not saying he should be charged with uh, terrorism or anything, or he should be face life in prison, but there has to be some repercussion. I mean, I'm sure he was fired, but it seems like there has to be a bigger repercussion than that. Um, I, I, I don't know. It just surprises me. Of course, they don't give his name. So apparently he was underage because he had a friend pose as his dad. Um, so he's underage, obviously. And they don't list his name because he probably was a minor. But I, 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 just, I just can't imagine why he, you know, since we don't have his name, we don't know. Anything about him, you know, if he was, uh, you know, he might, his, his father might be rich. He might be friends with the prosecutor. Who knows? Um, I just can't imagine why he wouldn't be charged with anything. I mean, you know, it, you know, I mean, I hate to, I hate to say it, but I mean, the truth is that I've seen people go to jail for much less. I mean, there are people who are still in prison because they had an ounce of weed on them, you know, who didn't hurt anybody. They were just smoking weed by themselves and they get, they're still in prison. This affected somebody. I, I just don't, I can't imagine that how you could just get off without any repercussions whatsoever. I don't know. It just, it just surprises me that, Nothing's going to happen to this kid. But anyway, it's an interesting story. Um, and it should be a good lesson there about lying. And especially right now, I mean, it, it just... To just make up a story to get what you want, it's just becoming more and more commonplace. That, you know, you don't care who you affect as long as you get what you want. Uh, and I think this is trickle down what we're seeing at the top with our political leaders who um, make up stories and just say outrageous things and not care what effect it has on anybody else. Uh, politicians do it all the time. Uh, you can judge for yourself which politicians 
you think, just say outrageous things and don't suffer any repercussions from them. But it happens in both parties. And that kind of stuff trickles down. You start seeing your leaders doing that and you're going to start behaving in the same manner. And it's just unfortunate that we're, that we're seeing more and more of this. Um, here's a story from the world, which from Russia, actually, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if you can believe anything that comes out of Putin's commie mouth, but Reuters uh, has an article today that says Vladimir Putin hails a new Sputnik moment as Russia is first to approve a COVID-19 vaccine. This article is from Moscow. President Vladimir Putin said on Tuesday that Russia had become the first country to grant regulatory approval to a COVID-19 vaccine after less than two months of human testing, a move Moscow likened to its success in the Cold War era space race. The vaccine, which would be called Sputnik Five, it's a Roman letter, Roman numeral letter V, in homage to the world's first satellite launched by the Soviet Union, has however not yet completed its final trials. Moscow's decision to grant approval before then has raised concerns among some experts. Only about 10% of clinical trials are successful, and some scientists fear Moscow may be putting national prestige before safety. Putin and other officials have said it is completely safe. The president, uh, or Putin, uh, he's not our president, um, said one of his daughters had taken it as a volunteer and felt good afterwards. Well, so he says, that doesn't, can say anything. I know that it works quite effectively, forms strong immunity, and I repeat, it has passed all the necessary checks. Putin told a government meeting. The Russian business conglomerate Sistema has said it expects to put the vaccine developed by Moscow's Gamaleya Institute into mass production by the end of the year. Government officials have said it will be administered to medical personnel and then to teachers on a voluntary basis at the end of this month or in early September. Mass rollout in Russia is expected to start in October. The vaccine is administered in two doses and consists of two serotypes of a human adenovirus, which carrying an S antigen of the new coronavirus, which enter human cells and produce an immune response. The platform used for the vaccine was developed by Russian scientists over two decades and, per, and had formed the basis for several vaccines in the past, including those against Ebola. Authorities hope it will allow the Russian economy, which has been battered by fallout from the virus, to return to full capacity. Uh, Kirill Dmitriev, head of Russia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, said Russia had already received foreign requests for one billion doses. He said the vaccine also expected to be produced in Brazil. 
Dmitriev said clinical trials were expected to start soon in the United Arab Emirates and in the Philippines. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has said he is willing to participate personally. Well, Duterte and Putin are two of the least trustworthy people on the planet, so I don't know if you can believe anything that comes out of their mouth. We'll have to wait and see how many people die of this vaccine before I would at all take it serious. Or we have to see how many people live or how many people die. I mean, it's unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, we're going to have to let them see. Here's what U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar, when he was asked about Russia's announcement, uh, said safety was paramount and late-stage trials were key. He said the United States was on track for an effective vaccine by the end of the year, with six candidates under development. The point is not to be the first with a vaccine. The point is to have a vaccine that is safe and effective, Azar said on ABC News' Good Morning America. We hope it's true, but as is often with the case with Russia, trust but verify. White House Council of Economic Advisors Acting Chairman Tyler God's Goodspeed said on Fox Business Network. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know if I trust them, but we'll have to verify and see if it's true. I mean, I I hope it's true. It'd be wonderful if there was a vaccine. Then we could put all this behind us and we can move on. Um, I just It's just a matter of, not that I don't want it to be true, I just don't know what you can believe from Putin. You know, He's probably my top four people that I don't trust, four or five people that I really don't trust about anything. So it's, you know, I mean, he could be right, but I just don't know if I believe it. Uh, The last story I have here uh, is... Renovation work restarts on iconic Detroit train station. And it's from WTV, but really that's not what I want to talk about. It's That's just the, uh, the segue into what I want to talk about. They're, they're planning to, to rest- restore this uh, Michigan train, Central train station in Detroit. Dis- it, this says, dis- despite the ep- economic fallout from the coronavirus... Um, they're, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to fix the street structure and repair the masonry. They're going to redo the brick and terracotta masonry and it's going to be repaired and cleaned. And, uh, you know, it's just, um, and Ford Motor Company bought the building in 2018, um, to, uh, develop self-driving vehicles. And there's a picture of it here and it's an impressive building. It's really big. It's Looks like it was made probably, I don't know, it's got kind of an art deco, um, art deco, I, I don't know how you pronounce it, um, look. Um, I guess it's deco, but um, but what's bothering me, and I know this is a private company, but still, it just, it, it, it bothers me when I heard let me just go back. When I heard that 
Governor Whitmer was being considered as a vice presidential candidate, which, of course, she's not been chosen. It, it bothered me, and I was going to bring it up today, except that uh, the other news broke, so there was no point in this. You know, she hasn't fixed our roads, and she hasn't cleaned up the mess in Flint. They're still without drinking water in Flint. They still have no drinking water in Flint. You know, I don't know how more you can say that to get it through people's minds. These people have water they can't drink. They have to buy water to wash their hair. They have to buy water to cook food. They have to buy water to drink. They There is no water available to them. They can't go to a drinking fountain. They can't use tap water. They can't shower in their water. It will kill them. It has lead and things in the water. They cannot drink it. And that was one of Governor Whitmer's campaign promises, that she was going to fix that. What is bothering me when I see things like this is I wonder why can't we fix the problem in Flint? Why can't we fix our roads? Why is it that we can come up with half a million to a billion dollars every four years for the candidates to run for president? They can come up with Whitmer can come up with all kinds of money when it's time for her campaign. You know, we see John James and Gary Peters raising boatloads of money to run for office. We see them coming up with all of this money to repair this Michigan Central train station in Detroit. There is all this money that is freely going around that it is so easy for the fat cats for the, for the politicians, for all of these pet projects that people come up with, you know. And yet, when it comes time to helping human beings, when it comes time to solving real problems like our roads, like Social Security, like health care, like Flint water crisis, all of a sudden, we're all tapped out. Everyone's broke. We don't have money for these things. But then someone says, hey, you know, let's go to war in Yemen. Oh, yeah, we can find money for that. You know, hey, let's let's rebuild a train station down in Detroit. Oh, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got money for that sort of thing. I want to run for re-election. I, can I count on your support? Oh, yeah, here's money. You know, everyone's just standing in line handing over money. You know, $5, $10, $500, $1,000, $500,000, however much they can come up with. We can always find huge, huge amounts of money. When it comes to these trivial things, which aren't going to last, when it comes to actual people and things that could help them and improve our lives, suddenly the well dries up, no one has any money, and everyone argues over whose fault it is, like with this Flint water crisis, was it Rick Snyder's fault, was it the Republicans' fault, was it, you know, you know, well, you know, the Republicans should pay for it because they're the ones who did it. Oh, you know, you should sue Rick Snyder for it. You know, you should, you know, whatever. Everyone wants to point fingers, blame whoever it's, whosoever's fault it was, you know, but nobody has any money. And then in four years or two years in this case, 
Whitmer won for re-election. She talked about how the Flint water crisis hasn't been taken care of yet. We need to do something about it. I have no doubt that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will talk about the Flint water crisis and how no one's done anything about it. And it's time someone does something. And yet nobody ever does anything. They just talk about it. You know, I, I just I just don't understand how, you know, that one, there was one little kid who yodeled at Walmart and they started a GoFundMe page and he raised millions of dollars so he could go to college one day. They have millions of dollars to give to a little white boy who, sit, who yodels in Walmart, but yet nobody can come up with money to help the people of Flint who desperately need it. I, you know, I just don't understand the priorities we have in this country when we have money for war, we have money for buildings, we have money for, for campaigns, for, for candidates, and yet we don't have money when it comes to helping people for something that is going to be to save a life, that is going to help others. You, know, you can raise, they can raise hundreds of millions of dollars to make a movie in Hollywood. They have no problem raising that kind of money. A billion dollars sometimes they can raise for one of these huge blockbuster movies. And yet nobody can seem to raise any money to help poverty in this country. And I'm not talking about the government has to do it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily arguing socialism and the government should do all these things. I'm just saying, why are there no GoFundMe pages? Why aren't there people who are rich? You know, why isn't Ashton Kutcher and, and uh, Alyssa Milano and, you know, Tom Cruise and these so-called stars help out raising money to help all these causes instead of, you know, why, why aren't they helping? And, and there are Republican celebrities, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Republican celebrities are all helping. I'm just saying, but I know that, you know, the Democrat Democratic celebrities are always talking about how the government needs to do more. Why aren't they? Why aren't they donating their salaries? Why aren't they helping out with these these problems? That's it's just been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. You know, I said this eight years ago. Now, um, you know, if you were in my family, you could vouch for this. You know, they heard me complaining about this back when Obama ran against Mitt Romney, and they talked about how it was going to be the most expensive campaign in history, and they had raised a quarter of a billion dollars the campaign and that, and they were, but yet at the same time, they were all talking about how social security is about to go bankrupt. And, you know, and there was a big concern about whether social security is going to be around, you know, and, and I remember at the time saying, how about they just suspend their campaigns, donate, each of them donate $500 million to the social security fund. And wow, the problem would be solved, you know, but no, in that case, Mitt Romney ended up spending, you know, a half a billion dollars to lose. One of them was going to lose. So one of them was going to throw away half a billion dollars on a campaign that d- didn't accomplish anything. It didn't help anybody. It was just a vanity campaign on their part so they could get their name out there. I mean, I just, $500 million thrown out the window. 
and yet our problems still persist. The same problems we're still arguing about Social Security. We're still talking about the Flint water crisis. We're still, you know, we're still talking about the same issues we were then. Nothing got accomplished. That money would have been better spent to raise that money and donate it to a profitable cause. And you know what? If Mitt Romney had raised half a billion dollars and used that in Flint or used that to support Social Security, he would have had, he would have won overwhelmingly. He wouldn't have had to spend a dime. The publicity of that and the thankfulness of the people, they would have been like, that is amazing. That's the kind of person we want as our president. Someone who isn't going to look out for themselves and is looking out for somebody else, is willing to raise that much money. And instead of using it to to hire people to make them look good, professionals for their hair and their makeup and speechwriters and to look good on television and make nice ads, we actually used it to do something to benefit humanity, they would have won. And I'm not saying they should have done it for the sole purpose of winning, but I'm just saying they would have won because that kind of altruistic behavior would have endeared the hearts and minds of all Americans. They would have said, that is the kind of person that we want to lead this country, the kind of person who actually sacrifices for other human beings. And it just... It just annoys me to my core that they can, that people are able to raise unbelievable amounts of money for these things that are just vapors in the wind that are not going to last on movies that are going to wind up on the bin at Walmart, the $5 bin that they spent hundreds of million dollars to make. The movie made like a billion dollars worldwide. And now it's just all that money that is just being tossed around to make the movie. And people wanting to go see the movie and spending a billion dollars collectively for a movie that five years from now just sits on a shelf somewhere and they're trying to get rid of it for five bucks because it wasn't any good. It was just hyped. It was just... It was just a moment. It was a summer blockbuster that everyone had to see and everyone was talking about. And by next by next month, nobody's mentioning it again because it's it's gone. It's it's over. The excitement has passed. So I don't know. That's my little rant. I just and and I understand this is a private company and they're you know I know I'm not I'm not saying the government should force them to to spend that money on other people and. I'm just saying it's a sad situation in our country when there are real problems facing our country that could be solved, you know, hunger problems and, you know, water shortages in Kenya. I mean, you know, and, and right here in the United States, Flint, and there is real poverty in, in many places. And, um, and yet, they don't have the money to really make a huge difference. And yet money's being tread, being spread everywhere, just in all corners on drugs and alcohol and, you know, and entertainment and sporting events and building sports, sports stadiums and, you know, you know, just all, all kinds of things. And yet the poverty is continuing. The, um, I don't know. I suppose 
I suppose Democrats would call it social injustice. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of problems in our country. And I'm not saying the government can save all of them, but I'm saying we can save some of them. And it's just sad to me to see all of, all of the money flowing everywhere except where it really needs to flow. It just keeps going back and forth to, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, it just bothers me. And politicians are just as bad. It just upsets me when I see them in their opulent homes and their vehicles and flying around on private jets. And these are politicians who are our servants. And while you see like the situation of Flint and Whitmer is going to be speaking at the Democratic National Convention. She's gone on CNN. She's gone on The Daily Show. You know, she's flying all over, doing public appearances, becoming a, a celebrity, a political celebrity. And meanwhile, the children of Flint are suffering. And she's still getting paid. She's still getting her abundant paycheck. She's dining and hobnobbing with celebrities and politicians and And yet the people wait and they hope and many of them die waiting and hoping that someone will help them. And it just, it just really upsets me. So thanks for listening to my rant. Um, hopefully you stayed with it. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I've gone over. So Friends, thanks for listening, and hope you have a great week, and we'll catch you here next week, okay? All right, um, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, and listen to Tom's show. So, Talk to you soon. Bye.